Netaporte presents the Incredible Women podcast, Series One, celebrating togetherness. Hi, Frankie. Hi, Lauren. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's so like amazing to see you. Very pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just very, very pregnant. That's yeah. that's sort of it at the moment. Definitely a sugar plump fairy this <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> I'll have to come and watch your show this year then, if I'm. Oh no, I'll I'll have just given birth. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> give, it, give it a miss. To. I'll let you off. <laughs> Welcome to Celebrating Togetherness by Netta Porte. I'm Alice Casely Hayford. In this series, we are joined by pairs of incredible women as they share intimate moments, memories, and some much needed laughter with their loved ones. In a year like no other, these are stories about life in 2020 and beyond, and the strength we draw from togetherness. Lauren Cuthbertson and Francesca Hayward, principal dancers for the Royal Ballet, have many things in common. Having both won Young British Dancer of the Year, they also share a love for fashion and are looking forward to throwing shapes at parties which you wouldn't see on the stage at the Royal Opera House. This year has brought change to Francesca and Lauren's lives like many others. Lauren announced in June 2020 that she was about to have her first child, while Francesca has been busy preparing for this season's shows of The Nutcracker while fitting in teaching ballet classes online to those in lockdown. These colleagues are inspirations to each other, and they begin by reminiscing about the times they remember seeing each other dance for the very first time. I remember actually the first time I sort of heard of you. I heard of you before I saw you. Right. I was a junior associate. Oh, J.A. At Barons Court okay. back in the days when it was wow. in there. And I heard about this amazing girl who just won this Gosh. big competition, <laughs> the Young British Dancer of the uh, Year. Which then, that's the first time I met you. Well, saw you, watched you dance. When I did the competition when you did the competition later. years yeah, later. Yeah. Exactly. You made so, me cry. Yeah. I know, you told me yeah. that. And I remember even just you talking to me to tell me that. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I think that was the first time we sort of, I suppose, yeah. properly bonded, really, wasn't it? Yeah. I remember getting a glimpse of you in a studio and you were, um, you know, concentrating in senior sort of ballet class oh right and yeah I was just like wow I can't wait to see her dance and then obviously being in the company with you and I remember you when I was um a baby swan in Swan Lake oh yeah and we did the baby swans we ran on around Darcy Bustle so it was like really we were really excited and you were in the swans and you said something you made a joke to me oh did I yeah and I remember I didn't know how to take it because I was just so like scared to talk to you (laughs) and look where we are now I know who we are joking and <laughs> yeah, no, I think that was definitely the first time I remember watching you dance was at the Young British Dancer of the Year Awards. And you came on and you did Giselle. It was the Giselle Act One solo. You came on and the minute you entered the stage, you were Giselle. And that was so inspiring to see someone so young, already captivating those, you know, those real emotions in a short space of time. There was like two minutes, maybe two minutes or maybe even less that you had to to show that. So, um, yeah, that was definitely the first time I thought, wow. I'd pay a ticket to watch this girl. Oh, yeah, thank you. 100%. Yeah. I still get, you know, even, you know, you still, I'm still in awe of you. So even just, you know, all you hear you saying this even years later is still. I, oh, I know, get a bit teary. <laughs> <laughs> I get a bit teary because the, these things are, they're indescribable. They sort of transcend everyday life and interactions. If I just stand back and sit there and watch you do your thing to the music, I don't feel like it's just Frankie from the, changing room dressing room next door to me it's it's something different and I think that that's what's so wonderful about having 
inspiring colleagues around you is they're not really just colleagues they're otherworldly creatures I definitely feel like I'm you know a baby ballerina as in you know no, um, no I am that's fine that's exciting for me it's like obviously I I when you'd agree when you reach principal which is the highest rank of the company it's almost like you have to start again and it's true and you, it, it's a new beginning step up again yeah. and you know I am a ballerina, but there's kind of the term ballerina I would reserve for dancers one, like yeah. yourself or Marinella, yeah. and and you because you've taken the years to you know mature, mature, yeah. and and just kind of. I feel like you know you you are on stage and you're just a ballerina, and for a little bit when you're learning how to be that, you have to fake it a little bit until it just becomes becomes it's second you. nature, yeah, becomes and you. and that's yeah. kind of where I'm at. So I really look yeah. up to you for. Yeah. way that you are yeah. and but even even hearing someone as talented as yourself say that you know I know you're a good egg because you are very honest as a performer and a person and I think that that is ultimately the the thing that you know draws people into you and even you saying those things makes me realize that you're very aware that it does take a load of experience and years to get to that point I feel frustrated for you in a way that the, with the pandemic, you haven't been able to have maybe a couple big runs of shows that you really, you really need to have and you will have, you know, you'll have them in 2021. That's what I think the next, the next phase really, I don't know if you agree, is that um, to get those big ballets out on stage and, and just do more of them. I mean, it's all there, ready, ready for you to, to embrace. Yeah, very exciting. exciting yeah. yeah how how is it keeping fit in uh, during the pandemic as a dancer that's actually dancing because I'm not really I'm conditioning I'm not sort of dancing at the moment so I don't have the same struggle I feel slightly guilty for not sharing the same struggle as other dancers <laughs> and lots of the time people say oh how is it as a dancer you know not being able to well I'm sort of pregnant so I'm not really in that in that it's moment right journey, now it's not yeah. the same journey and I so how is it you can tell me <laughs> I'm someone who needs to be in the room with everyone and needs that kind of motivation. Right, yeah. So I just quickly got really frustrated with yeah. myself. I just, I, I'm an all or nothing person. So yeah. doing something half way or half heartedly just doesn't really. And did you find it hard because you didn't know how long you'd be in that state for? Yeah. Like absolutely, not knowing yeah. what you were sort of working towards. Yeah, we always, we always, we have so much going on. Yeah that actually you have to do the opposite and try and just focus on <laughs> being in the moment, don't you yeah, think? And then yeah. suddenly we've got all this time to be in the moment and nothing to... Yeah, nothing to aim for. Aim for. So, yeah. So, honestly, I just... I totally was a normal person for a bit and yeah. I stopped doing ballet. I just, you know... Yeah. Did a lot of nothing and it yeah, was... absorbed the pandemic yeah, that was and, around Yeah, and you. I feel lucky because as, you know, as a dancer at this point in my career, like, that's never going to happen again no, so no. we hope I mean I hope no it's true um so yeah it was really lovely I just took a step back and it's really yeah. good for our minds I think and really body good. In a way. and really yeah. good for the body actually I suppose because even in the summer I mean we you know you know what it's like you're with your suitcases and passports with different visas in and traveling traveling around places, yeah. um, to perform yeah so we don't even really take the the summer break anymore yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Now we take our breaks when we get them. No, yeah, <laughs> even if it's just a day and a half. Yeah, but it's what's weird is I, I like even today, for example, 
just had one rehearsal. Mm -hmm. And if you think what we normally have, we're rehearsing like four or five different ballets in one day. But just we're doing so much less. Like I just have like one rehearsal at most a day. Are you able to really concentrate on, on that one role? Yeah. Do you think it's more effective? Yeah, for sure. Really? Wow. But then at the same time, it's just amazing how tired I get from like yeah. that one rehearsal a day. I just yeah. go home and sometimes I have to sleep in the afternoon. <laughs> I'm like, how did we ever? Well, do I don't what we think do? you have the you don't have the time usually because you'll be busy. You don't have the time to listen to your body saying yeah. it's tired. You're just with adrenaline and. Um, coffee or whatever it might be to to help you get through the next rehearsal I don't know if you do this but I love to wear my tutu for a few weeks before <laughs> because Not it changes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember wearing it for about three weeks the last time I did it um before the show because I always felt frustrated that I'd be in lycra leotards which I you know love all my sort of own dance gear and then you put the tutu on and suddenly the arabesque is just a bit harder to get up. With the costume on, yeah, and With the yeah. costume yeah. on because the way they're made is just a little bit more restrictive and they're boned and the panelling. And yeah. um, I've fought long and hard with the wardrobe department and they've been amazing. And cu- sometimes they'll put the, a couple of stretch um, really? stretch panels in. Yeah. I'm going to ask for the Lauren special. Definitely ask them <laughs> for the Lauren ask special. Ask them for a cup. And then Sleeping Beauty as well, I did that. <gasps> that sounds yeah. really good. Yeah, I think at the Royal Ballet we have our costumes are beautiful. But they're Stunning. also very much sort of more old-fashioned. So they're much stiffer Well, the, the and fabrics are rich, so much richer than yeah. other companies. Yeah, and we're really tutus. lucky to have that, but yeah. we have to kind of break them in, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like, break them in, So you, which is exhausting, actually. And you know, to have a, quite a stiff fabric and then to have to sweat in it before you go on stage just so you feel like you can actually put your leg up is quite quite hard work. And ask the costume department, please do not wash my tutu. Like, <laughs> I want it as smelly as possible. <laughs> so and it's comfortable, yeah. please. Yeah. That's the way. Yeah. And then apparently the men, they... I remember asking if I could have a couple of those stretch panels and they said, oh, like the men have. Oh. And I was like, what? That's not fair. <laughs> Actually, that reminds me, we have got something else in common. Mm-hmm. Ramen. Who oh, sews our yes. shoes? <laughs> I literally have a, a bag of 15 pairs of point shoes and I'm having them sent to him really? for the weekend to. Amazing. Um, but, but it's lovely. I, just, I think we're both the same in that, you know, we are very dedicated. But the worst thing in the world is working so hard all day to the point where you you can't even be bothered to get home you're so tired and then you have to get home and spend two hours that you don't even have sewing your shoes staying up late sewing point shoes mm. you know sewing ribbons and elastics and darning the tops of them yeah. and preparing a new pair of point shoes the next day um so yeah we yeah. our life is much easier now we found ben yeah it's it is life-changing yeah, it's life-changing life. because it could you know i i really did work it out that in a busy run um, of shows, you might need to spend twenty hours extra that month, unpaid, <laughs> <laughs> just to sew your sew your shoes. And it is definitely something that becomes a ritual of of part of your life as a ballerina. To have you know the upkeep of a ballerina does mean that you have to do certain things um, around the profession. But when life gets really really busy and you're actually just really tired. It just becomes something that you think, oh, I'm sure there might be a better solution. So when I found um, Ben, I was so happy about being able to 
you know, give him a little the job of sewing the shoes. And he's amazing. He collects them from the stage drawer. Mm-hmm. He sews them and he drops them back it's like to the Father stage Christmas door. Christmas all year round. It's all like, year oh, round. Ben's it's been, there's a, like, a box of shoes also yeah. for you. Like, You've oh, got a package. Yeah. Which one? <laughs> it's usually from like yeah. Netaporta. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if I see an Netaporta box, I'm like, is that for me or Lauren? Or Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Uh, I know it's no one else. Funny. It's one of us. <laughs> but what did you get today? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, like, I get asked this question all the time. Which one? <laughs> What's your favourite role? <laughs> oh, no, don't even start on that one. Don't it's it's hard to say, isn't it? You can't I feel really so ungracious. I feel so ungracious sort of saying to someone, I can't answer that question or it's, it's like my least favourite question in the world. It's so I find it so tricky. I think, actually, I won't be able to answer that question until... I've really retired and I can look back back on it with some time with in some between yeah. perspective and <laughs> really true, grasp yeah. it because they emotionally you're you're drawn to different roles for different reasons it might be the partner it might be the music it might be that there was this one incredibly magical show or there might be a recording that you're really proud of I think there's so many reasons for a, your favourite role to be your mm-hmm. your favourite. I really struggle with that. I agree. I never answer with one. Are you the same? Yeah. Every, when I'm asked, I'm like, oh, I can't pick one. I can't pick one. <laughs> and then I think, okay, well, I'll narrow it down to like four. And yeah, then, just, I, I end up doing it just to be yeah. polite. I just sort of say, oh, this one and this one. And then I'm like, Very oh, but, but maybe also this one. And then, <laughs> yeah. Add them in. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite a, tr- it's a tricky one, isn't it? Or the, the questions I like to be asked are, sort of more about talking about the role and really getting into the sort of details, not too details, but really talking about um, the journey that a character goes on and how through ballet you express that. And I think it's, it's it's very interesting because I think sometimes ballet can be seen as something that is sort of untouchable and that you can't really place. And yet it's actually a very fascinating industry. And to talk about the details of it that you could talk about with other dancers, I really think that I can talk to with my friends about who don't know anything about ballet. Um, And I think that a little bit more of that sort of um, transaction, I, I think, is... Is better, and I feel not to sound patronising, but you can sort of educate people or make them feel and make them realise that they're more involved in the art form than they realise, because it's all really story based, isn't it? Ballet. It's, well, that's how it drives. I think probably both of us. Yeah, that's literally the reason why I do ballet. Is yeah, because even the really sort of more classical traditional ballets, which are quite thin on storyline, like yeah. Sleeping Beauty. I yeah. Mean, with just fairies coming on and dancing. But True. somehow, even when I was little, I was like, cool, but they're all saying something, you know, without saying yeah, anything. exactly. And, and that's, for me, what I work on every day is just trying to, yeah, just make, like, ordinary kind of quite, um, like, ballet steps, which are kind of textbook. You can yeah. make them all say something. Yeah. And then you get those other ballets, which are so meaty and, yeah. like, so much to them. Yeah, and I very love, complex characters, yeah. even, yeah. And and very different portrayals, mm-hmm. you know, from one artist to another. Yeah. For me, I, I always try to make sure that I'm never playing two roles the same. So even if on paper they have a lot of similarities, like I play a lot of, like, you know, young girls, you know what yes, I mean? Yes, yeah. But trying to make sure that they've all got they're all very different you know they've got different one's a peasant one's a princess totally or you know they're different personalities or trying not to recreate the same thing twice yeah and then it's almost like when you come back to that ballet it's like getting out like a folder or a file like of an old friend yeah of 
an old friend and, yeah. and you, put, you put on like that person's hat again and then yeah. maybe you can kind of adapt or add to it again when yeah, you've gone back totally. to it but you kind of have the the groundwork yeah there. absolutely yeah I, that's what i find fascinating and i could probably talk for days yeah whether it's interesting to other people but yeah all the all the thoughts i had or even every time i did a, a ballet like how the journeys have all been so different. Like sometimes yeah. I understand the characters straight away. Yeah. Sometimes I thought I get the characters straight away and I haven't. Yeah. And it really is not until I'm literally on stage with the wig and the costume Absolutely. and the music and then somehow I, I find it at the last you minute before the show. You can't. I found that when my debut as, as Juliet, I had definitely rehearsed with, you know, the coaches and, and my Romeo, who was Edward Watson, as my for my debut. But it wasn't until I did a, a, a run-through of the whole thing, beginning to end, until I thought, oh, right, that's how it's strung together. Because until you do it sort of sequentially, the story isn't actually... A lot. You can't even imagine the emotions that you're going to feel in the tomb scene at the very end until you've lived through the rest of Juliet's mm-hmm. life. But have right. you ever had that moment when you're um, you're taking the poison, you're asleep yeah. on the tomb, yeah. but your parents think you're dead? Yes. I started crying when I was yeah. dead because I, I just thought, what have I done to my parents? Yeah. <laughs> and there are all these moments that you never expected. That you never expect. They're, that they're, come they're the most precious and, yeah. moments. The unexpected moments like that on stage are the, are the things that I've... They make you feel really sort of liberated as an artist and, and you, you suddenly feel free. Mm-hmm. But no, I think that it's always important not to try and just emulate a, a good rehearsal you did on on stage, but to really find that the the real theatrical essence is um, is yeah, it's like chasing the high. I suppose it's a good lesson in general. Just I suppose what we do is we prepare to the point that we can let everything go. I, what is so that we that? we we, exactly. we plan to the point that we can forget the plan totally. <laughs> Um, totally but then you can just do surrender to the role and the music and And that's one of my favorite things about you on stage is you just know but you do you just look completely (laughs) free and liberated and it's spontaneous for sure i look like i haven't rehearsed for a day in my life i'm not saying that just you look liberated for you or just in the moment that's what it should be yeah that that's definitely where i what i what i call sort of being in the eye of the storm and when you capture that you know and i think it gives you a lot of confidence when you possibly have done quite a few performances of a particular role is eventually that is a closer feeling so it's not something that is um, unobtainable you kind of hope that you'd get that from nearly every single show and that's why it's quite hard to deal with adrenaline I don't know if you find this but I find adrenaline is probably one of the most challenging thing that I've had to deal with in my career because the adrenaline high I get is is so high and then to come back down the next day and put the hand on the bar as if that show didn't happen and speak to people around you as if that show didn't happen and yet you're still inside the blood rushing through you is still coming down from that from that place and i i always yeah i've always struggled with that if you ever found that or not really I find it very bizarre when you've just been on stage and, you know, yeah, sometimes you, you, you're on a complete high, even if the show yeah. didn't, you know, it's never perfect. It's no. not that you're thinking, oh, my goodness, I was amazing. You no, never no, have that thought for one second. No, like, you never have that thought, but just the whole feeling you're of it. You're in a different and, space. Yeah, yeah you're, you're in, in a different, different headspace and, um, you know, you just had been in front of 2,000, you know, like 500 people or whatever, and then suddenly you're just back in your change room and it's like deadly silent and you're just taking off your makeup and... Yeah. 
and then you leave the building and you've got flowers and things but no one's around and you're yeah. just kind of like walking by yourself it's like it's true because if you yeah. leave if you leave really late like we probably yeah, do there's nobody really left <laughs> at the stage door <laughs> but it's just a weird like and then you're back in your flat just kind of washing your dishes but you're still yeah it's, yeah putting I your nev- flowers yeah, into the vase exactly and, yeah. I never get to sleep that night and then the tiredness you feel it's kind of like a hangover yeah it is without the you know alcohol part it's a two-day thing and I think it's true because actually a hangover as you get older takes longer to recover from and it's I think it's the same as, as the <gasps> no, shows yeah I think it's the same thing oh, um, no. once I stayed in my changing room until 4am no you didn't I did why and the security drove me home with my flowers <gasps> <That's so laughs> they nice. kept knocking on my door saying Lauren, are you are you staying here for the night? And I thought, is that even an option? Like, what are they saying? So, and then uh, by four a.m., they said, "Look, do, do you want a lift anywhere? One of our guys can give you a quick lift. Where, where do you live?" It was so sweet because I had a really lot of flowers, sweet. and I just wasn't ready to, as you say, I wasn't ready to go home and sort of acknowledge the the reality of of, of everything. So I just sort of stayed in my bubble in my changing room. And <laughs> it's like one yeah. minute you have a crown on <laughs> and people clapping for you and then I'm the next back minute on you've the got sofa in my crispy pajamas. crispy hairspray yeah. in your hair. Yeah, and I'm just in, yeah. in my pajamas on the sofa having a beer by myself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Watching TV. Yeah. It's a crazy life, but um, yeah. we love it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, fashion-wise, has this... Has this time, like, fashion-wise, have you bought more because of your pregnancy or how have you been? No, I'm totally, uh, it's it's like it's like I've never liked clothes ever in my life. <laughs> it's like I, I suddenly don't know, I just literally don't know how to get dressed. Are you okay? And I'm, I'm, four, I'm, four, I'm, I'm four months away from giving birth and I still don't know how to get dressed in the morning. You mean four weeks, right? Four, oh yeah, four yeah, weeks yeah, away. Say, four like, weeks. Four <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm four yeah. weeks away from giving birth. But no, this actually... The pleats, please, Izumiyaki is great. Perfect. Because it just stretches. The pleats cover The pleats everything. cover everything. The pleats stretch over my boobs, my bum and my bump. And they look chic. And uh, you can sort of maintain some sort of chicness. And Gucci slippers because they're just like slippers anyway. So um, I try to just keep it simple. I haven't really bought any anything. That's really um, impressive. I would get really carried away <laughs> as an well, excuse to buy more it, things. It, it could, yeah, it could be that. But then I just know that afterwards it won't. It will be redundant. Mm-hmm. So do I really want to have um, all of these nice clothes? And then I don't want to go d- too much down the fast fashion route just to have the quick fix. So mm-hmm. it, I've I've. I've struggled. Um, but yeah, leggings are great for if I need to go to the opera house and do a little bit of exercise and things like that. But I definitely haven't nailed fashion during pregnancy at all. Um, quite the contrary. I feel like if... Am I letting the team down? No, <laughs> not at all. Just, I'm really impressed with you. I yeah. would be a nightmare. I think dresses at the beginning, because I've actually got quite a lot of sort of Molly Goddard and shrimps oversized dresses. Mm-hmm. And... I wear those oversized dresses normally a lot. So they were really useful at the beginning of the pregnancy. But I even started feeling that the shoulders change, your back widens. So even in places that an oversized dress, you wouldn't usually notice yourself filling out. It, it's strange places in pregnancy, your body changes and suddenly it just doesn't feel the same. And then I worry that I'm going to stretch everything and ruin it for after. So I think it must, I imagine that um, it must feel like as a dancer to accept that your body is not just changing, but changing out of 
like all control you know yeah it's, like that must be a, a like so crazy now I just surrender to it yeah and and I feel in the last definitely in the last month I've developed such a connection as well with the baby mm -hmm. and now that I've got that connection with her, not that my body doesn't matter, obviously it does matter, but I've surrendered to it. Whereas at the beginning, when you can't feel the baby moving or anything like that, I, I struggled with that so much because I basically just looked like really fat. I just got fat really quickly um, because the bump isn't big enough to show that you're pregnant. You just look really, really out of shape. So do you remember when we joined together for those classes Alex when it was basically was, just us yeah. two <laughs> in the studio in the summer? And I was just big. I was just big every I was just big and yet didn't look too pregnant I remember you touching my belly and say but it's just flabby <laughs> <laughs> it was just weird because, to see you like and that. now it's hard yeah. and now it's a big belly you know it's a yeah. big hard belly full of baby is that what you miss the most just to ask do you miss just moving or all of it you miss moving plus the the performances is that I miss feeling really physically able and that's something that is just a very much more challenging when you are heavily pregnant, um, but I think it's the I think it's the show. I think it's literally that moment that I that, that I met, joy that feeling, that joy yeah. and that mm -hmm. euphoria that you you experience. Well, I think to be honest, you cho you chose the perfect time to be yeah. pregnant. <laughs> I feel very lucky. Um, you yeah. know, we have been on stage, obviously, but not nowhere near yeah. as much as think, we, we would love to be. Yeah. Um. So hopefully, I'm I'm looking forward to just before lockdown. What well, you know, because you were also probably aiming for the same, but to do Swan Lake. Yeah. Um. And it was going to be my first time doing the big roles. Exactly. Um, so hopefully that will be coming back in some you know, sometime Hopefully next year. Will next year. And honestly, I'm kind of the silver lining for me is that I didn't feel 100% ready for my shows in March. Wow. So obviously I would have, you know, tackled them yeah, and, and gone for yeah, it. Absolutely. But I'm kind of relieved that I now have this second attempt. feel blessed in some attempt, way. Yeah. And I hope that I'm going to be stronger and now I know what I'm getting myself yeah. in for. And everything. Actually, I remember Frankie talking to you about Swan Lake and I said to you, I didn't. I didn't say write off these shows, but I think I did say to you. you did actually, yeah. Sort of say to you. It's maybe not going to feel. It amazing. won't feel. Yeah. Your first one lakes will never feel as you imagine them in your head. They just don't because that it's just too much of a. It's just a colossal task. So I think that that sort of stands you in good stead actually because you've been on the stage as Odette Deal, because you've had the stage calls and the dress rehearsal and everything. So you've you've experienced that and now you'll be able to go into 21 and you'll have your debut. Yeah. And you'll feel um you'll feel so prepared. Yeah, I'm feeling positive and excited and yeah. and yeah, I know now what my body like what kind of shape it needs to be in. To be in I have so much there. more time now That's to very get true. myself there. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. 2021. I'm not expecting this year to be, you know, um, I think everyone thinks that as soon as 2020 is over, I know. everything's going to be perfect. That's oh, actually, not don't what rain I'm on expected. my I think, I think I'm one of those. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, Please. Um, I'll be on stage on New Year's yeah. Day. So yeah. I'm just, you know. Yeah, that's a great way to start the year. Taking each kind of, maybe not each day as it comes. I take each day as it comes, but, you know, yeah. and I loosely plan ahead, but I am I quite like it with this. Like, well, I'll send, I'll send you a picture, a good luck picture from, <gasps> from the hospital <laughs> for New Year's so Day. Excited. Yeah. Actually, what a contrast. You'll be there on stage and I'll be there in hospital with a with a newborn. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and then maybe by the end of the year, we'll be sort of sharing the stage together. Yeah. Um, oh God, this is actually quite nice to chat with you, Frankie. We could chat more often.
Lovely we never chatting. get this chance unless we're in the changing room and it's always even then when we're usually rushing off for rushing rehearsal off, or exactly. so yeah. it's been so good to yeah. have a proper chat and, it's been really lovely. and see you before yeah. your life changes completely exactly <laughs> I'm really happy yeah. for you and, thank um, you very much good luck with the run of Nutcracker thank you very much it will be a magical moment for sure thank yep. you I'm thinking of you all the time oh. and I can't wait to see that you know the text that you're going to the whatsapp that you're going to send me i will i will a, indeed a beautiful picture i will oh, all right then frankie well see you see you <laughs> celebrating togetherness was brought to you by netta porte and chalk and blade hosted by sarah bailey and alice casely hayford and produced by laura hyde the executive producer was ruth barnes original music for the series by alexis adamora <laughs>